0: Welcome to the Powerfully on Purpose podcast. I am Maggie, your host and creative behind this space. This podcast is for those ready to create change in their life, level up their mind, expand their horizons, and get clear on what it means to them to live a life powerfully on purpose. Join us weekly for conversations with people living on purpose, and I invite you to choose to be inspired after each episode and walk away with the intention to take audacious action towards everything you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today, I have the incredible opportunity to be sitting down and chatting with Ashley I had the pleasure of meeting Ashley a few weeks back at an event we both attended. And from the moment she opened her mouth and started speaking, I was like, I need to know more. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Ashley is an absolute babe who has overcome so many hurdles in her life from health-related battles, narcissistic abuse, and the huge debt. She's also gone through losing her business due to these health-related issues She's from the UK originally and has traveled to 52 different countries, all while growing an online empire and community. She has lived in Bali, now residing in Australia, and is dedicating her time to reclaiming her power, healing her shadows, and embodying her true soul's purpose. And I I absolutely love that because that's what this podcast is all about. So hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi,
1: my love. I am so well. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me thank you this is um
0: I'm so excited for this conversation so excited to see where it goes Uh, and yeah how amazing I I would like to start how I start every other podcast episode and finding out from you who
1: is Ashley Ashley is so multifaceted that it cannot be defined right there's um, (laughs) a There's a clip in the Bohemian Rhapsody film when they talk about Queen and they say Queen cannot be defined because it doesn't mean one thing. It is for the people in the room who know that they don't belong and it's saying that we don't belong together. Like we belong together because we don't belong together. Mm. And that always sat with me because I felt like that was me. I felt like that's who I am and how I... Share in the world is I'm a multifaceted being. I love so many different things, and that changes so often that my energy shifts with that. I think the biggest way, oh, it's such an interesting question. I want to unpack every part of it. I (laughs) am, yeah, Ashley is not one thing, Ashley is everything. The embodiment of the soul my soul what mm. my soul came to this earth to be right yeah whatever I that, means, that in any given moment in every layer of me I'm all about shedding layer after layer after layer and growing into new versions of me and new ways of being and new energetic dimensions and so if you ask me this today that's my answer but if you ask me again in Six months' time, you're going to get a totally different one. <laughs> a totally different me
0: coming to the table. <laughs> I love how open you are to that as well, because we get so stuck in this box of this is who I am, this is who I've always been, this is who I need to be, or whatever it is that we're telling ourselves. And the fact that you are, you know, that you're going to change, whether that's today, mm-hmm. tomorrow, next week, six months' time, there's always going to be a new up leveled version of who you are.
1: Absolutely. And even this morning, I was thinking the same thing because I didn't I woke up this morning and was like, I don't want to go for my walk today. So I'm going to get out my yoga mat and I'm going to dance and I'm going to do things differently. And I was like, oh, I've changed this morning. I wonder how that is now going to play out in my day. Right. Um, we, We do. We can change so fast. And I think one of the biggest things that helps me with myself, with my audience, with my clients is the embodiment of change. It's one of the only truths that we know, right? It's one of the only truths that exists consistently is change. And so I think leaning into the change, I used to be a control freak. That was a big part of, I think, how I manifested my sickness, how I manifested a lot of the toxic things that happened in my life before came from control and even now like I dip back in I'm six signs in Capricorn like I love a good you know bit of structure in my life but when I over control so I have I've had to learn to balance the desire and the need for structure with that manifesting as toxic control and when I try and control or try and defy change or flow in any way my life will spiral everything will spiral and it'll start with my mindset and then it'll move into my health and then it will move into the external reality and so no 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 we've got to let it all flow and simply learn to be okay with change and know that it's all temporary Mm.
0: yeah what would you say to those out there that are a bit afraid of change and evolving
1: um okay so I would say how many things have actually changed in your life so far? And are you still here? Are you still moving? Are you still breathing? Are you still living? Do you still have something to live for? Right. Do you still have something that you can cling on to in those changes that brings you joy and brings you happiness? And I say this because part of my changes in 2017 um, was the, dark, the darkest parts of my life and I didn't want to be here and I actively thought about not being here and what would that mean for myself, for the world, for everything and would people be better off without me here? And That was when I was resisting the change that the universe had sent me. The universe had taken a very toxic person out of my life and I was defying that because I didn't know what that meant for myself. And I didn't realize that on the other side of that came Australia, love, wealth, abundance, happiness, joy, pleasure, passion, and actually opening me up to discover all these multifaceted parts of my soul. I didn't have a clue then. Um, And so if you are struggling with change, I want you to remember that every single day you change. You already are doing it change is part of you and so we don't have to fear it on the other side of the biggest changes that you are resisting is more joy and abundance than you can ever imagine and people I see people resisting change because they're scared of the unknown Mm. and often that unknown is better than before but unfortunately like a lot of us grew up in in trauma in I am resistance in anxiety and um emotional manipulation. Like it just seems to be how we were raised, and to, uh, and therefore we believe that we can't go further or we can't grow. And so people are scared of actually having more than what they're used to because we were taught and trained to believe that that's not possible, right? We were taught and trained all of these crazy ass myths. That I'm on a mission to bust, like I'm on like a myth busting mission, so people can start to understand that. Um, some of the most common ones, you know, money grows on money does grow on trees. Money is mm-hmm. abundant, right? It's not the root of all evil. Um, people, it's safe to trust people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it's safe to grow. It's safe to change. Um, and we have to everything that you believe and fear about change is a myth that you've designed to fit your comfort zone. And that's it. Right. So if we can learn to step into those myths and go, Oh, it's like reading a little bedtime story. Like it's not really true. Mm -hmm. Then we can start to reshape them. Um, But change doesn't change does happen overnight. It really does. You can, you will wake up one day and go, I am not the person I was. And you, I believe in quantum leaps. I believe in our mindset can change that fast, right? The actual physical reality doesn't necessarily change in an instant. Um, But the thing that scares me more than change is staying the same. And so just to kind of put a little bow on this, the other thing that I would tell you to do is look at your life now. Do you love it? Do you really whole bodied love your life Every single day, do you like, I'll go out on my balcony every morning and breathe in that air and listen to that water fountain and walk out for my walk. And I am smiling and I've got tears in my eyes just thinking about how beautifully I love my life. Now, if you don't feel that way, change is scarier. Changes mm-hmm. sca- uh, sorry, change is the scary. Sorry, staying the same is the scary option. Absolutely, Doing the scary change isn't. Staying the same, Mm. staying in that energy of not loving your life, that is scarier than anything you have to do to change.
0: So why do you think people settle then, if that's the case?
1: Because it's easy.
0: Mm.
1: People love easy. People have been taught to love easy. They have been taught to go along with what they're told. People can be sheep sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? We are all... We're going to go deep, okay? So we are all (laughs) funneled from the age of four, maybe even smaller, into these systems that tell us how we're meant to live. And these systems... So I come to the table. I am here as a divine feminine being, a divine feminine ADHD being, right? Mm -hmm. And um, like a multifaceted generator energy. So I am like an eclectic person and I've had to learn to embrace the different facets of my soul the world isn't set up for people like me Mm. the world isn't set up for diversity right it's trying to be and we can see all of that change happening but the world hasn't been built that way the world has been built by the masculine and like I used to be a feminist. I used to be, you know, we can all be the same as the as a man. We, we are equal. I don't believe that anymore. Sorry to all the masculines listening, but I believe that we are a little bit up here compared to the masculine energy, right? <laughs> I yeah. believe that we are a little bit higher and they know it. Now a divine masculine is going to go, this is the creator. The feminine is the creatrix energy and the masculine wants to nourish that energy and safely support it, right? And you know, push her up to grow. But the toxic masculine that has built society, built the world, built the school systems that we all were pushed into don't like that. And they like to keep things in their neat little 24-hour boxes where their energy changes every 24 hours and ours is every, what, 28 to 32 days, depending Mm -hmm. on you as an individual. And so I think people fear that growth, people stay the same, people resist it, just simply because you've been manipulated to believe that that's what you're meant to do, right? Yeah. And I honestly popped out of the womb wanting to break that ceiling. My granny always told me, like, I came out the womb just, like, knowing I was going to do some shit in this world. And for a brief period of time, society made me believe that I couldn't right in a brief period of time of my soul so let's say like the the first 28 years of my life so I'd say from around six or seven through to 28 was this window where I was being manipulated to forget who the fuck I was Mm. and people say the same is because they've forgotten who they are and people are fearful as well like of being who they are so like simple things like Liking what you like. I remember at Morgan's event and he was like, Do you want to come skydiving? And I was like, Fuck no. I don't really want to <laughs> go skydiving. No. And he's like, But do you want to come on the balcony and paint? And I'm like, Hell yes. Yeah. Right. And so everyone raised their hands to the skydiving and only a handful mm-hmm. of us raised it to the paints. Right. But I'm yeah. a painter. My soul will get lit up by painting. And it's about not not saying yes to the things that other people are doing just because they're doing them, but instead doing what lights your soul on fire and what brings you joy, regardless Mm. if the person or people sat next to you understand it, get it or want to do it as well. Right. And people are scared of what people will say, what people will think, judgment and external viewpoints. So they stop doing things that they love and excite them and start staying in a box
0: yeah other people don't need to understand why you're making the decisions you are making only you
1: need to my neighbors have no idea why i'm upstairs rolling around on pink roller skates falling over because i decided i wanted to relearn how to roller skate this year that makes no sense to anybody else because they're like but you know you're clumsy you fall over a lot you're probably gonna hurt yourself you've broken bones in your life and i'm like oh oh well oh well i'm gonna go and do it anyway yeah, right? Because it's my soul that that is going that has thought about this for the last 15 years since I gave it up. Right? Mm-hmm. No one it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. But if I don't follow the things that my soul are calling me towards, then I end up back there, back where I was, back in that energy of control, resistance, struggle, pain, anxiety and fear. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that so much.
0: Recently, I got back into dancing. I gave it up when I was 14 because mm-hmm. it was just, I didn't think I could make anything of it. You know, like yeah. it was I was at that age where it was like I had to start making decisions that were going to create my future. And it's like, is this really something that is a part of that? So I just like gave it up. It wasn't a priority at the time. And yeah. then like six months or not even six months ago, maybe less now, I went to my first dance class and I was like, why did I ever give this up? Yeah. There was
1: this thing that happened in our teenage years and you saying that, I think you're going to relate to this, is when we had to make those decisions about what we wanted to do and who we wanted to be at 14, 15, 16 years of age, if your hobbies and habits and things that you liked weren't eligible to make you a good amount of money, we were taught to stop doing them. Mm. Now, what I know at 32 years of age is that I make more money when I do them because Mm -hmm. I'm not doing them to make money. I'm doing them for joy, pleasure, and all the beautiful energy that it brings into my life. And then I could be sat there painting on the balcony and a payment will just come through on my phone.
0: Right. Because
1: I'm doing what I love and my energy is in alignment and everything is flowing. Okay. I'll be showing up and, I, I get a lot of business when I do tarot cards, right? And it's not mm-hmm. actually I don't sell I don't sell readings anymore because I would have to charge hundreds for like an hour reading just to justify it. Yeah. Um. But I do go live on my TikTok and do my tarot and do oracle or even like I do like channeling and mediumship as well. So I'll show mm-hmm. up and I'll do that, and then that will create an effect because. I'm in my energy, I'm doing what I love, I do what I'm meant to do and somehow end up with four, five, six clients just from just like talking and chatting and sharing what feels right for me. And I've recently started moving into um, sharing while I'm cooking. Okay. I have started channeling while I'm cooking because those are two of my main passions. And I like really relate to myself as like a kitchen witch. I remember one of my past lives and it links to that. Anyway, I've started doing that on TikTok. And because I cook and I share my energy because I love cooking. I love baking. I love like what being in the kitchen means to me and my soul, that energy shines out. And your business grows, your life grows, everything else in your life grows. So it's like, do the things that you love and everything else gets better. Mm -hmm. But we were taught as teenagers that that doesn't make you money. And so stop. You need to prioritize this stuff that's going to make you money in the future. That actually might make you feel really icky. But that doesn't matter because you have to find a way to make money at 15. Right? Yeah. At 15, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I started the beauty industry when I was 15, 14. Worked in my mum's salon, learned how to do spray tans at 14 and just grew from there. So I had a 15-year career that I lost at 28. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, FYI. Losing the 15-year career. Best thing that ever happened to me. Um, One of the best. And I realized that I loved it because I was meant to love it not because I really, really loved it, but because I was very good at my job. I um, I got a lot of praise for it. Like I got a lot of compliments and things like that. But what was it my sole purpose? No, I got to be creative. I got to, you know, build a business from it, which excites me as a soul. But I still was a slave to swapping time for money and wasn't I was a slave to my body at this point. I was getting really, really sick and really, really allergic to it. And I remember at this point, because this is when I was in debt, that I had to, I felt I had to stay in that energy and career because it was the only career I knew. And everyone around me was like, well, how else are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. And I forced myself to stay and I made myself really, really, really sick because I had to stay in something that made me money right and I wasn't doing anything that I loved around it so interesting that you bring that up
0: uh every time I record one of these episodes something lands or something Mm -hmm. is said and it's like that's exactly how I'm feeling right now that's exactly what I'm needing to hear and I too like I from 14 I think I yeah 14 I had my first job as well and it was through going and working for people that I didn't want to work for or places I didn't want to work for or I wasn't inspired by that allowed me to then shift into where I am now but I'm still stuck in that right now and this is how I'm making money aspect of my part-time job that I have mm-hmm. it's like moving away from that and going this isn't bringing me joy it's bringing me money it's bringing me praise it's bringing me the fact that I'm really good at my job like that for me is a reward and yet I come home and I, I don't want to actually be there How am I still that mentality of what we grow up and be taught like Mm -hmm. this is how you make money and I know firsthand the moment I step away and I do something that I'm creative I make so much more money in my business than what I do at my job yeah so you're able to support
1: yourself outside of your job yeah because I do get a lot of people who like come to me and are growing you know their soul aligned purpose-based businesses but also need the job Right. Because there's two ways, there's two, there's a few ways to unpack it. And it's like, if you need the job, I believe in reframing the mentality of it Mm. into a space of, oh my gosh, I get to go to this job because then it gets to give me the money to build this. Right. Not I have to go to this, but I want to do this. It's like, okay, going to this means I get to have this. Right. But if this is a case of, your true purpose is on pause because of this fear then it's like okay let's see this fear let's dive in to the roots of what is here do you know your human design i'm a generator do you know what is in your spleen like how well do you know your human
0: design not that well i have it saved here on my dos desktop
1: somewhere Okay, if you can for- forward it to me real quick and we'll just like unpack that. Let's just go down the rabbit hole. There's a center. I want to see what centers you work from, but also there is a center that's going to tell you what f- fear you are clinging onto and then we can hack it and release it. This is what I do, Ooh. right? So I use human design, charts, spirituality to hack your trauma healing. So then I use like yeah. timeline therapy, EFT, hypnosis and all of these things so we can hack the codes that are in your design, right? So Ooh, powerful. that's interesting. That's
0: I definitely interesting. feel like
1: a spiritual hacker these days. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I um so let's like go back because there's parts of your chart, right? Where this energy yeah. sits. Okay. And I found it really fascinating when we were at the vent and we were listening to people's fears. And I can picture mm. like where it'll sit in your system and can f- like see the energy block. So if I was to say to you right now, like where in your body does this fear of walking away from your job sit? Um, can you feel anything in your body that sh- sh- shares that with you? Down near my root chakra. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Is it on either side of your body? or is it in the middle in the middle okay so it sounds like a foundational thing right um mm, okay so we'll be able to look at like the root chakra and then see probably from your spleen if anything is linked there i'm a generator um and you will find as oh. generators a lot of this sits in our bottom energies especially because we're sacral beings right yeah yeah that makes sense screenshot okay so first of all how do you feel about time time I
0: fill my time with lots of things I'm always Mm -hmm. constantly going um yeah I just feel like there's never enough time okay
1: (laughs) so you have the fear of running out of time Mm -hmm. Mm, okay the people that I meet who have the fear of running out of time is this is possibly the most overwhelming fear that I've had to deal with with my clients right mm. because it is a constant weight a constant like heaviness that time affects everything there's never enough time um what if we run out of time? Like there's a there's a rush, there's an urgency. Time feels like a consistent, continuous pressure, right? Mm. And what that means is, so how I would unpack this, how I would um, share this with you is to say, who would you be if, you had more than enough time?
0: Who would I be? I'd be someone who is a whole lot more present. Mm -hmm. I'd prioritize doing things that fuel me rather Mm -hmm. than feeling like I need to be productive all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd put a lot more time and energy into myself and my relationships Uh Um, yeah I just I think my priorities would change a little bit Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but then as a result I would actually start living a life that is a whole lot more abundant because of that
1: okay so there you go right there's the answer so this is known as the 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 game player gate right and the mastery of this gate is playing the game of life and so every in and i think i think this is a powerful gate for absolutely everyone so if you have this gate defined the game of life lives inside of you right it's yeah. your perception of what that game of life is is inside of you. I believe we're all playing a virtual game right now. Like this is a spiritual game, but your mastery comes from inside of you. So anything like the time, anything like the pressure from other people, you, it's, that's not a thing. The pressure comes from you. You're just using that as an excuse, right? Yeah. So when you're not playing the game of life, you go against your natural born energy cre- and create a fear. And that fear can represent as the fear of running out of time um, the fear of not doing all the things you're meant to do in this game of life. Okay. Yeah. So the more you play the game of your life, the more you lean into this as a game and be like, okay, so this job and this career was a level. It was just this level. And I feel like I've completed it. And all I have to do is that last little jump into that. Imagine you're like Mario into that green tunnel you just have to do that little jump into the green tunnel so you can go to the next level of your game of life right but all you're doing is just like walking back and forth on this game of life there's no more coins to collect there's no more mushrooms to eat there's no more like you know any there's no more people to defeat on that game of life it's like completed it mate so that layer Like, okay, ascend to the next game of life. Like ascend ascend to the next level of the game of your life and play the game. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, that landed. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's the big one. So for those listening that don't have this as a defined gate that really want to check, if it is open, that game of life is how you live your life with everyone in it. My game of life is affected by the people in my life, right? And I take that into account. And I was sharing on TikTok yesterday, like I am, my life path card is the hermit. And a big thing for me is I kept myself small for so long because I isolated myself. And I decided that my game of life was alone. Mm. It was just me. And I decided that I was going to do this alone because I could, and my energy was so much stronger and I had to leave other people in order to heal and grow. I had to let go of people. And so I decided that that's how my life was meant to be. But my next level wasn't alone, right? My next level as an open center is how do I go to the next level and incorporate everything else in my life and make room for everything else to be at this level? Now, this Mm -hmm. level I do feel is so much i've been through a lot of levels a lot of yeah. levels in a very short life so far Um, and i believe that i completed one whole game okay and now i'm on a completely different game like a completely yeah. different game of life and this game of life requires people and pleasure and and just o- other energies if that makes sense mm-hmm. right whereas yes. yours like this is on you yeah this is on you i like to do that i like to throw this back um
0: yeah
1: yeah it's huge Mm -hmm. it is huge and then the other gate you have in your spleen just to while we're on it is known in um as the wholeness doctor okay so it's Mm -hmm. like seeing this probably is the next level right like you've moved from that level to like wholeness and it's like seeing wholeness and wellness and goodness in all things. Mm. That's yep. like the next mastery. Okay. Um, okay. and the fear of that can be fear of being unwell, fear of um, it can sometimes cause limitation in terms of like you don't let yourself have enough fun mm-hmm. in or um dip out of the wellness and wholeness energy, or can be judgmental for anything yeah. that you might have been told isn't so wholesome. Do you know what I mean? You can see this. um, Be like, this could be wholesome for some people. So for example, if someone came to me and was like, here is a kale and spinach smoothie, right? And they're like, this is, I've made this for you because this is wholesome and really great food. And I want you to have that wholesome, beautiful energy. That's going to kill me. That's going to put me in the deepest, darkest depths of an allergic reaction. Mm And I won't be able to do a thing, right? And so it's exploring what that wholeness and wellness means to you and your life and releasing the judgment with that. Like the judgment of what anyone's telling you to do. It comes back to what we said at the beginning, like this is you. It's a you life, it's you mastering your soul. So those are the two fears that could be impacting this decision. <laughs> we just got a whole whole coaching in <laughs> here. hey
0: <laughs> Wow, I've gotten so much from this. <laughs> so that's interesting. I've always been so curious about my human design. I took the test like or the quiz or whatever it is, maybe like a year, two years ago, and I just kind of let it sit there because I yeah didn't know much about it it's
1: It's a lot and here's the thing about human design like you can go away and you can study your human design but until you read it so like to me it's like a second language Mm -hmm. I look at it and I'm like ooh, and because I'm intuitive like that I could just easily unpack your two biggest fears that sit in your chart and how that's stopping you from your highest intuition boom, it's natural. But when you, for most people, when you see that chart, it's a whole load of chaos. And so my recommendation isn't just to read your chart, but to work with someone that can unpack it with you. To work with someone that can see things that you can't see, that can feel things that you can't feel. And that's where the hack comes in, right? Because Mm -hmm. some people, this is like a love language for us and definitely work with someone to help you peel it out more because otherwise it can just be overwhelming that makes total sense
0: yeah yeah wow I didn't even know that you knew that kind of stuff that's awesome
1: I have so many this is the every I hear that nearly every day like I'm one of my biggest fears in my life let's share this was that I it wasn't cool this is not fears stories let's say because it's not a fear, it's quite laughable now, is that it wasn't cool to be clever, right? Mm. And I have a very big brain and I'm a very intelligent woman on the things that I care about, Yes, right? If there's things that I don't care about, I don't know a thing. And I sit there and it goes over my head, but six signs in Capricorn, I want to know everything about what I'm passionate about. So I will sit and I will absorb. And once I've learned something, it's it's there's there's just like fountains of space in my brain where information just sits. And I can reel it out and connect it and connect the dots. But I also am like a timeline expert. So I am very gifted at going into my past lives. Going into other people's past lives, and I hold a lot of lives of wisdom in my brain as well, so I can go to like a life that I had hundreds of years ago. So a witch life, for example, and I can go into like that kitchen and take out a recipe book and have the recipe in my brain, and see it right. That's so cool. And so it all sits in in here. Um, but I get this a lot. So yeah, I'm a I'm a qualified human design reader. Yeah. Um, but I also incorporate it with spirituality, timeline work and astrology to mix Real it together. together. Yeah. yeah. Everything I do is not one thing. So I used to just teach human design. Um. But I'm so multifaceted that everything I do, it all peels together. Mm-hmm. Right. So the biggest thing is I'm just very highly qualified, experienced and gifted in reading your soul whoever comes to the table yeah. and mm. whatever resources we need to use whether that is human design or like just intuitive gifts whatever it might mean that's what we're gonna do that's
0: really cool mm. I um, am I'm curious on whether you've always been multifaceted because I, I know that I speak to people often and they think they have to just be one thing or they're just here for one reason. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I don't believe that at all. I think there's multiple reasons why we're here. I think we're here to do so many things in our lifetimes and that's what we should be embracing. Yeah. What's your thoughts?
1: Um, I believe everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I believe we were all beautiful little stars strutting around upstairs in the sky and we made a decision to come here on whatever mission we were meant to make. So I believe we're, we all have different life paths. I believe this is my last ever human life. Yeah. I'm not coming back as a human. And that's why all those big lessons I had to learn had to happen in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. um, And it got packed in like it was just trauma central. Okay. And I had to learn about these traumas and release them. And now I'm 32. And I get to just kind of share it all right Mm. because I believe my next life I'm going to be your guide or whatever that's going to be but I believe we all have multiple lives and multiple things to complete now some of those lives you might come with one mission you might come with just one mission just one journey that you are supposed to master and you are supposed to complete I am not one of those people yeah I am someone who can receive absorb and do all these things you're a generator which is why you can't see that right Mm. projectors they're probably a one a one thing a one a one one or two mastery things because they're meant to master like real master and teach and like be the ceo of that mastery um and of the world. That's the energy we're moving into. Manifestors are meant to go and do that and do it alone, right? And then just share their their journey along the way. They're not necessarily meant to teach. They're meant to just be who they are. And then you've got manifesting generators who, like us, have so much energy, so much passion, and and loads of things that light us up and bring us joy, and we want to do all the things. But the manifesting generators have it like 2.0. Because they they are meant to go and do all the things, whereas we're meant to kind of just experience all the things yeah. and then choose what we love and keep those things in our lives. Whereas manifesting generators go, well, I love this for this six months and then I love that for that six months and then that for that six months. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I do believe that there are some people who are like, no, I'm just on this, this path. Yeah. That's just me. And that's good for them. And some people's path is a lot more simple and easy to complete. I think of my sister and my sister is just so beautiful, but different to me. Like she's so happy in her life and, and pretty much always has been, you know, Um, and she's been with the same partner for, I think it's like 17, 18 years now, I guess maybe nearly 20 years. Um, whereas I was like I need to explore and go and do and yeah <laughs> she follows the stuff that she loves like she likes to go to the, travel into cities and through Europe and everything like that whereas I'm like take me away fly me to the other side of the world sit me in the middle of a village in Bali and I'm not gonna wear shoes for a year and I'm gonna learn all of these things and we're, we're so different, but her journey is to master that and she's mastering it so beautifully. Whereas mm. mine is to be okay with the fact that I'm like this. And one of my things to learn is that it's not too much. Yeah, I am not too much. And I was told my whole life, I'm too much, too loud, too fat, too energetic, too out there. And I'm like, okay, that's fine that you think that, but you're not meant to be in my space. So go somewhere else and keep yourself small, right? Mm. That's so powerful. Mm.
0: And from memory, there's not many projectors, is there? Like the percentage of projectors.
1: 27%, I would say. Manifest is around 3%. Um, reflectors. If you ever get to find a reflector, keep them. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Reflectors. Yeah, reflectors are 1% of people. That's it. Yeah. They are simply put on this earth to reflect back to you. To the whole world, what is going wrong and what is great, right? They just are a mirror, they're a walk and talk, an energetic mirror.
0: So they yeah, are the right.
1: biggest empaths that you've ever met in your life. They don't have any defined centers. And so when we were in Bali, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find our friendship group a reflector. And then mm. in walks in a beautiful reflector. And it was so fascinating to see the dynamic because then we had. Because society is meant to function in like generators are here and then manifesting generators are like the next layer in and then manifestors the next, oh, projectors and then manifestors and then reflectors. So if you look at it, like there's just big groups of people. So we're out here on the outside, just generating all the energy, generating all the good juju, generating everything for everybody else to kind of thrive off. And it's our job. The only way that we can do that as generators is to do what we're truly meant to do and what we love as in not being jobs that we know are keeping us small, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, We're meant to go and do the things and be all of those things that light us up because our energy pushes it back in. When I first found human yes. design, I went, I'm a generator. Like I am the most common
0: individual
1: mm. and I looked at it and I was like that can't be true <laughs> now the more I know about human design you have your design you have your personality right you've got your two sides now I am half projector half reflector so for my life I was like I'm a projector or a reflector like I must be mm-hmm. but together I make up a generator and now like I, I am see. such a generator right yeah um but actually interestingly as we say this I have recently found out that my time of birth could be wrong oh okay. so I this morning I got the email with the time of birth and it's password protected and it's Ooh. obviously in the UK so I've got to wait for my mum to wake up pretend to be me make the phone call and find me my actual time of birth yeah so I mean I think if it changed it would only change to a manifesting generator which would also make a lot of sense I've checked my time like hours either side the only thing that changes isn't is one gate one gate that changes in that time but it would make sense if i became a manny jenny because i love lots lots of things so it makes a difference um but it's interesting right this is why your time of birth is so important because it can change minute to minute yeah and you can master your energy just by the minute you were born Mm. it's mind-blowing but yeah, as wow. generators, we're supposed to follow our energy so that we can make this an exciting, and beautiful, and wonderful place for everybody else to live. Yeah. And that's so important to do. And that's something that I have learned to embody is that my energy makes the lives of others so much better. Mm-hmm. And I used to be so insecure about who I was. My confidence was fake for my whole life because I felt like people were friends with me because They had to be, or they felt sorry for me. I made up all these stories around everyone in my life was a fraud and nothing was real. Like this is the stories that I told myself that no one truly wanted me around. Whereas now I've learned my energy. I'm like, no, people want more time with me. And we did an exercise at the event where we had to contact people. And that blew me away because everyone said, all, all they said was, when I said, what would, what do you wish for? And they were like, more time with you. Like, I wish you were closer to me. I wish you were here. I wish you weren't so far away. I wish I got more time with you. And I'm like, wow. Right? So we have Mm -hmm. to learn to master our energy because our energy affects everyone that we come into contact with and everyone. And look, my energy has definitely caused other people trauma in the past oh, i'll take yeah. full responsibility for my chaotic side i'll take full responsibility for who i used to be when i lived in pain um so there are memories of me that aren't the same but now this version of me this highest fullest expression version of me everyone wants a piece and if they don't mm-hmm. it's because they're scared of what that will mean for them it's yeah. scared of what that brings out in them because they i do truly about you. yeah
0: Actually, triggering people is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, it's
1: so much (laughs) fun. It is so much fun.
0: Yeah. You get so, well, you as the individual doing the triggering get so much from it, but then seeing the results that it then allows other people to get, it's like, wow, like that actually doesn't have anything to do with me Mm -hmm. doing the triggering, but being able to have that ripple effect.
1: Yeah. And serve in that way is so empowering. Yeah absolutely and my energy my energy definitely triggers people in a I I put myself out there right mm-hmm. and I think and it, if people can find it too much too much is the big one yeah like that's okay I'm too mm-hmm. much we're just not in the same room we're not in the same dimension in my mind a lot of the yeah time. yeah um but it is. It's fascinating to see how other people receive you, how they unpack that within themselves. Um, yeah, I love it, and you get to see how how. I mean, I I love triggering my clients and my friends the most because we get to spend a lot of time together and we can unpack that. But I see, I see, just existing in life or going to the event where I might trigger people. Yeah, I can see it happen. I could. I think. It, I, maybe I feel it in that person and I'm like oh it's um, gonna let you go and play around with those <laughs> interviews
0: <laughs> yeah have fun with that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh I could go on about that we won't we won't mm-hmm. um yeah I, I I think for me the the part that I realized that I've triggered a lot of people was that when going back to like living back to change was when I I allowed myself to change and then everyone else looked at that and went oh, that's not who we know her as, or that's not who she is. And it's like, you don't know who I am because I've never allowed myself to show up as actually who I am. Yeah. So, and this, yeah. this
1: that's part of the fear of change as well. Like going back to the conversation from the beginning, when people are scared and keep themselves small, it's because they're scared people aren't going to love them anymore or stay with them, or they're going to upset people, trigger people, disappoint them. What other people are going to think? And they're scared of what their change means to everybody else. Now, I definitely lost people on my growth journey. I'm so okay with that. I've lost people that will not come back into my life from that growth journey and I don't want them to.
0: Mm. Beautiful.
1: I also temporarily lost people, not in a way that they didn't want to be friends with me anymore, but they couldn't do what I was doing in that moment. And therefore we just didn't speak for six months. Yeah. That's okay. I still have best friends who I've known since I was 10 years old, and I haven't spoken to them for seven months. And yet, when we get back together, everything is beautiful because they accept yeah. and learn and adapt to each layer of you. The people and the souls that are meant to be in your life, that are meant to exist with you, like coexist, co create, uh, and build the beautiful life, they will either come back or they will stay in the first place. Mm hmm. And that's yeah. it. Now, this is an excuse. Like, let's just I'm going to caveat this because people will make this as an excuse around dating shitty people for multiple, multiple times. They'll be like, oh, well, they come <laughs> back in my life. They're meant to. No, 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 no. That's more likely to be a test. Right. That's more yeah. likely to be the universe going, have you really learned your lesson? Have you really completed this level of the game of life? You go back, the answer is no, and then you're just going to do it again. Um, But for the most part, those people we love, those best friends who we might not speak to for a year and then they come back and really embrace you at where you're at now. The people who can see you and witness you every time and don't make it about them. Don't make your growth about them. They're the people you're meant to grow with. Mm. Right. Whether they they do the same thing as you or make the same money as you or whatever, that doesn't matter. What matters is that they witness you at every single layer and they're like, oh nice to meet you yeah let's enjoy this and if people start using the phrase that's just me like let's just leave them to it because it's not yeah it's not a thing it's an excuse (laughs) to stay small right Exactly. um so yeah we get to share this life we're meant to share this life with beautiful and amazing souls and that can grow and that can change and then we also have them that stay the same i have souls in my life that are so different to me but I've been here forever my best friend said her daughter's birthday today happy birthday Martha mm-hmm. um I've known her since she was born our mums are best friends and we're so different we're a lot more like now in many ways now we're older but we've always been really different mm. and St- we just witness each other who as who we are and where we're at with every growth and phase of life and my best friends from like year seven from high school we're still best friends and I meet souls all over the world and I think it's about choosing because other people are going to receive you how you receive yourself and others yeah hundred percent. and so I see a lot of people wanting to be received as who they are but still placing judgment on other people or still not allowing other people to grow, adapt, change, or show their true colors, Mm -hmm. right? They still place judgment on a lot of things. And therefore you as an individual might think you're growing, but it's toxic growth and spirituality. Instead, it's okay. I'm going to witness you at where you're at. Does that fit with me? if it doesn't let's just let's just mutually agree to separate for a time period and see if when we come back after we've done this healing work or done whatever growing we do if we can gel together again you know what I mean absolutely people make a lot of stories about breakups and friendships and growth that they just don't need to be making
0: yeah we put stories on things like whether it's a friendship relationship or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever and I've witnessed people grow and then look back at the people they're growing from and point blame at why they're still where they're at rather than just being like, that's okay. I'm going my direction. Here's my hand. If you want to come, come. If you don't, that's cool. Yeah. As well, rather than belittling them or going, you could do this different or trying to change them, allow them to choose what they want. for Yeah.
1: And blame is such a block on growth. Like, Full transparency, I blamed my dad my whole life for everything that ever went wrong with me. Mm. I blamed him. Like, like, he he was definitely, this is not a blame thing, this is a fact. Um, He was the biggest trigger in a lot of my trauma. Mm-hmm. He was the foundation of a good, I'd say, 70 to 90% of my trauma, okay, that happened. And then everything yeah. else kind of spiraled from there. But I blamed him for such a long time. I even blamed him when he changed and he grew and he transformed. And we, look, we still don't have like a father daughter relationship. Like I have with, I'm, I'm going to use inverted commas here, my stepdad, because he's raised me. Like Pete yeah. raised me. So he's my dad. i But now we get to have this beautiful relationship because there's no blame, there's no anger, there's no resentment. And I actually see my parents as people instead of parents as well. Like this is a big one, learning to see the people as people and not the people you've decided they should be so like a big sister a big brother a parent a best friend like you're my best friend you're supposed to do things this way or you're my parent you should know better none of that exists yeah. every single person is just doing life in the exact same way that you are and trying to figure shit out as they go mm-hmm. and I created a post this is a powerful one to share is that we are all just collateral damage in everybody else's story right we are all collateral damage and therefore we have to accept that and not claim it as as damage or a wounding right like every single other person is doing this exact same thing creating their own collateral damage along the way And the only responsibility is how you choose to own that and claim it. And by blaming someone else, you will never, ever, 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 ever manifest your dream life. It's It's not not going to happen. Manifesting your your dream life and the blame game do not exist together. Right. They don't. They do not coexist. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so if you're sat here listening to this and you're blaming someone you are angry at someone you're frustrated Um, all of those things they don't exist in the same paradigm as your dream life so deal with it Mm -hmm. like go and deal with it deal with those feelings deal with those emotions and play that game of life right Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to live the life you want yeah
0: other than come up with the excuses
1: yeah Exactly, and there's nothing more painful than staying the same.
0: Mm. Truth,
1: <laughs> the pain that people avoid the the pain of the memories, and they are painful. Like the timeline sessions that I do with people, like it hurts because you remember them. Nothing is more painful than staying the same because when you stay the same, you carry that pain for longer. Yeah, you're just you're just extending the pain by staying the same, whereas Like, I always think of it like, you just, like, it's a fast result. Like, if you just feel a big load of pain for, like, a temporary moment, like a split moment of your life, you get all this freedom. Mm. Instead, people want to extend and have long-term sickness and pain instead of just going, boom, let's feel all this pain in one go. It's It's free almost the same as
0: going to the gym working on your fitness it's exactly the same like structure and way to go about it it's just going to the gym and you know that short-term pain for long-term game is normal in the gym like that's just we know that that's how you improve yourself that's how you get the body that you want or lose the kilos or put on the weight or whatever it is that your goal is that's known to society that's Mm -hmm. quote-unquote normal to do that and yet yeah with our emotions our feelings all of that it's like oh yeah. no that's yeah real like that, that's not normal or yeah. whatever it might be and it's
1: it is normal like that is it's the same yeah it's all the same it's all a practice it's all an exercise it's all figuring out as just as you would figure out the exercises that work for your body the the things that feel good for you in the gym the things that you enjoy the ways you in which you enjoy working out that's so normal right mm-hmm. and that's you managing your body but you also have to ma- manage your mind and your soul yeah in exactly the same way mm-hmm. right um be albeit like there's a lot it's a lot deeper yes going into the soul um yeah, yeah. because it is this this <laughs> so much like intrinsic wisdom that sits inside of us for us to learn and that like like i'll promise i'll promise anyone this who's listening you're not going to know every facet of your soul by the time you die you're not like it's not going to happen um but it's really fun and really really beautiful to remember I always am um, a big part of the coaching industry. I used to say the phrase step into your higher self. And like, I I want to wash my mouth out with soap that I used to say that because your higher self exists. So the training that we're doing isn't like training to um, like in the gym, the training that you need to do every day is actually forget. You're training yourself to forget. You're training yourself mm. to let go. You're training yourself to release every single day, bit by bit. You are just shedding little bits of you that aren't real, right? So that the Mm. real part of you can shine through. So, like, they just showed me an image of, like, you know, like if you were a human and then you're, imagine you were made of glass and you were just going to shatter and had to peel off each piece. That's what's going to happen. We just have to peel off piece by piece. Of what's been attached to us, what's sticking to us, and that's the training. That's the real soul training. Is just piece by piece, but each piece might be. Some pieces might be more painful than others. Some pa- yeah. pieces might be real painful because some people have been through some enormous trauma, and people people don't realize as well that I have I had a trauma that I moved through in twenty twenty one. That was the tiniest thing, ever the tiniest thing that it was what it was a phrase that a 10 year old girl said to me in the playground when I was 10 years old yeah right Right. she told me that I wouldn't have passed an exam if it wasn't for the for me copying off her in the previous mock exam right I was 10 didn't know what I was doing didn't have a clue (laughs) and she just showed me one answer so I wrote it down okay yep And I got into the grammar school and she didn't, okay? And she hunted me down, right? Followed me around and told me, she was like, you don't deserve to go to that school. You wouldn't have that if it wasn't for me. You wouldn't have friends if it wasn't for me. You would not be going to that school if it wasn't for my answer. And I carried that story till I was 31 years old that I didn't deserve to be successful that I didn't deserve to be smart that I didn't deserve to have anything in my business because I owed it all to her and that question and when I went into that trauma I was sobbing in that one moment and it was the tiniest thing and it felt as big as the trauma of if not it actually emotionally felt bigger than the trauma of me coming head first off a motorcycle right? Yeah, wow. It felt bigger than the trauma of the narcissistic abuse that I've been through because I was carrying it for so long. Yeah. Right. And so we have to understand that as we're going on this growth journey, some you, and like, I think like one of the guys said it in, in the event that we did, it's like, this seems really small in comparison mm-hmm. to, but trauma is trauma. And if it's yeah. sitting in your system and it's sitting in your skin and it's sitting in your soul, we need to move it no Mm -hmm. matter how big or small and if someone might have told you that it's small trauma someone will have told someone's going to be rolling their eyes going why did that affect her so much right that's fine the the truth is that it did yeah right and it affected me bigger than some of the bigger things that i've ever i've ever been through right yeah And so everyone has to just like accept that it's going to hurt for a minute. But like I now laugh and joke about that pain that I was carrying. And like to talk about tangible results from that. Two weeks later, I started going viral on TikTok. And within six weeks, I had created 21,000 followers. Wow. Just from releasing that belief that I didn't believe to be successful. I became a viral success seemingly overnight right yeah and so you get it starts to show up like the second you release these blocks it will start to show up and shift in your life yeah
0: two things that came up for me then was I can relate to I've had a really good life like compared to a lot of people Mm -hmm. I have been very fortunate in the life that I've been brought up to and yet there are still things that have created trauma in my life Mm -hmm. for I've held on to. And for so long, I was like, oh, but I really haven't had that bad of a life. Like I've got nothing to be sad about or nothing to, Mm -hmm. you know, work on. And then, like you said, it's the little things that you've been holding on to that you were creating the story around that they aren't big enough to be a
1: problem. Yeah, exactly. I've had such a beautiful life too. Like I am so blessed I have been so blessed. I have a gorgeous family and I've always had a beautiful home and I've had all these amazing things, but I've also had bullshit trauma, mm. right? Big and small. Yeah. And the same as you, like you can have had a beautiful life and still feel a little bit fucked up. Okay? Yeah. Because we are built from people who are still a little bit fucked up okay yeah. we are created from them we're created in a world that is still a little bit fucked up and we were never taught how to regulate our emotions or how to do this and how to do that and any of it right we weren't taught to be fully intrinsically ourselves and understand what that meant because no one ever knows us fully more than we know ourselves so we're everyone every single person has some form of trauma they're holding on and it is not the event that caused the trauma. It's the trauma, mm. right? It's not the event. It's what you're holding onto. And I just want to, like, I want to validate the people who are doing the deep work on the really dark stuff their soul signed up for. Um, I know I signed up for a lot of dark stuff to move through and move through it fast. I'm okay with that and have done that experience. And I also want to like pay attention to those of you who are sitting here and going, well, you know, they've had it so much worse. Other people have it so much worse. Who am I to be upset over this? Who am I to feel this way? And so you swallow it down. And sometimes that is worse because often there's a beautiful space for us to validate big trauma. Right. You've had a head injury. Oh, my God, let's let's fix this right you've you've been through this experience oh my gosh let's let's wrap you in cotton wool let's let's heal this let's get you therapy let's get you to help but then there's this side of the trauma there's this side of the experience that goes undetected that goes neglected that goes oh stop being so silly like that's a mm-hmm. big one you're being yeah. so silly
0: that doesn't matter I'll
1: give you something to cry for right and these are all things that just happen for life like you want to cry over this I'll give you something to cry for right and it teaches us that our feelings that our emotions and that our experiences are invalid and it creates trauma and what happens in this soul journey is that every emotion that you've ever experienced is valid and you deserve to know and believe that that is valid and when we do the timeline sessions what we do is take you back to these moments and flip that switch to validation and letting you know it's okay to feel that and then you you literally just forget you forget that you ever carried all of that with you because we can flip it we can go back in time and we can flip the meaning of whatever you created in that moment but that's what's happening so parents are creating the response for their children they're creating a story by saying these things and these beliefs, like what we mentioned at the beginning, when we were saying money grows on trees, it's, it's the same thing, but we get told like, you get upset. I'll give you something to cry about. Um, you're you, I remember being told, like you, you could have it say which words, Oh, what's the other one. Um, so I had a lot of food trauma and mm-hmm. it was like, if I didn't clear my plate, there's kids starving in Africa. Yeah. And I've got yeah. all this responsibility at seven years old for the starving children in Africa. I didn't yeah. create that. Like That wasn't a me thing. And yeah, I didn't want to eat my broccoli thing. today. Mm-hmm. And then I have the blame for the famine that's happening in the world. And I'm not disregarding that. Like, I believe we need to do our part to help the whole world as much as possible. But I didn't create it by not finishing my plate, right? Yeah. I also grew up like, it was just me, my mum, and my brother for a long time. And I grew up aware that we needed to eat the food that we had. Right. I had a lot. I got what I, everything that I wanted, I, I got, but I was aware Um of that and so we were taught to clear our plates even if we weren't hungry and I get my grandma's it was like I wasn't allowed my dessert I wasn't allowed my treat I wasn't allowed something that felt joyful to me if I hadn't finished my plate of food yeah and then everyone would wonder why I would vomit as a kid right because I was taught to stuff my body with food and then they would wonder why as a teenager I would hide food I would struggle with binge eating and I would battle with my body, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's and I had to unlearn all of those things just from these small traumas in inverted commas that affect our entire life.
0: Yeah, I would never really thought about the food aspect because mm-hmm. it's so true. Like
1: so true. Yeah, my but mom also that taught me. Yeah, my mom also taught me that, like. We, we we bury our emotions with chocolate, right? Oh, my yeah. mom a wonderful woman, but boy, does she love her sweet treats. And when she was single and we were kids, like that's that's what I saw. I also saw that she taught me how to hate my body because I saw her on the scales hating hers. Mm. Okay. And I thought that was normal. My yeah. best friend and I, who's our mum's are best friends. We talk about this a lot. On how like our parents, our mums grew up in competition of their weight. And so we were meant to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's all of these little things, little, and they are traumas because a trauma, this is the definition, my definition of a trauma. A trauma is something that happened that changed you. It Mm. is something that happened that stopped you being who you are. Full stop. Yeah. It's something that happened that taught you that being you wasn't safe, okay, or right in this world. That's it. And that's why we have to release the traumas so that you can be who you're truly supposed to be. Yeah. That's that's all this is. So whether it was big or small, it changed you. It taught you to be something completely different than you naturally are. And therefore it's a trauma. Mm -hmm. So interesting that you say that because...
0: I often get people thinking that I'm trying to teach them something when I'm speaking or when I'm um, doing a masterclass or whatever it is. And it's not about teaching something new. It's about exactly what you're saying, unlearning mm. the things that we've been taught to, to believe are the right way to do things or how we should be doing things or what's right and wrong and like what even is right and wrong at the end of the day. It's about unlearning all the things that have created the version of you that is taken away who you really are.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. In every masterclass as well, like this might support you. I say at the beginning, take what you need, leave the rest. Yeah. Take what lands, take what resonates, take what you need. And if it doesn't, I'm not trying to force anything down your throat. I'm not trying to teach you. I am just simply existing, sharing. And you take you create whatever story you want from that. Right. Mm -hmm. You can take it as a lesson. You can take it as a class. You can take it as whatever. I don't care, but let it help you grow. Just let let, whatever I do and whatever I say in this world. Like that was another trauma. Here's a big one. My voice is my power. Okay. The way that I sit here and I can just verbalize and and download and share and be in that energy, my voice is my power. But I was taught my whole life my brother, my brother, my dad, my parents use your indoor voice. You're too loud. You talk too much. You ask too many questions, right? Mm. You're too disruptive. And it was because I'm excited. Like I'm excited by life. I'm excited by learning from people and having conversations and hearing how you think and your trauma and what we need to shift through and, and all of it lights me up. It's exactly what I'm meant to do in this world. But I was told my whole life that my voice was a bad thing my voice is my superpower.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, and I was muted. Going back
0: to that, like hearing that from your parents, and then a lot of people will use that and blame. It's realizing that like people are only doing what the best they can with what they know at the time. And there was no intention behind telling you or anyone else that's been told that to use your indoor voice. So like, I've heard that. And it's, it's not been from to me, but I've heard that. And I've thought, even at the time, like, yeah, shut up, like stop talking, you know, like I'm guilty of that as well. And now, now that I've done a lot of growth and stuff, I can recognize where that has caused trauma for other people, where that has caused people to silence themselves and, you know, be quiet when really they just want to be heard and they want to speak and express and be who they really are.
1: And equally, like, it can be handled in a very different way. So if Mm. I'm in my energy and say, like, you know, one of my friends was here and they're not in that energy and they'll be like, Ash, I'm not in that energy. Can we chill a little? Yes. I would go, oh, absolutely, because that's a you thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I will respond to that in such a better way. But if you tell me to use my indoor voice, I'm going to tell you to get fucked. Right, (laughs) that it's like if you tell me that, like it's there's a difference, right? I the thing that started shifting my mindset around this was you're too much, and I started rephrasing it and adding for you on the end. Mm. Okay, so I might be too much, but that's for you. Like I'm too much for you, no problem. I can respect that, and then I can change to my indoor voice. But I'm not going to walk away with any label of thinking that I'm too much. I'm going to walk yeah. away knowing that this person doesn't belong in my energy, right? Yes. And that's that's so fine. That is so mm-hmm. so so fine. Like so, there was there was something that triggered recently, and I'm going to be careful with what I say here. Um, but a sen- sentences get made around me that I can now recognize. And identify as a trauma. So it happened twice recently um, at the beginning of when I first came to Australia and I'd made some friends. So one was at a coffee meetup and one was at a bar. Mm. And uh, we introduced, someone was introduced as my friend. And the general consensus was that person felt the need to respond with, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Right. And this is a joke oh. that has been said my entire life. Right. Yeah. And I used to be like, oh my God, people don't want to be friends with me. Like I'm too much for people. And then I realized, no, 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 no. I'm too much for you. Like my friends worship me, not in like a weird way, but they love having me in their life. They truly value my relationship, my friendships, my energy, my conversation. And I value that too. And so these people who say this now, and I still see it It still is an icky response for me. Cause I'm like, how dare you? Mm. How dare you plant a seed of doubt of being my friend in someone's life? Cause you can't handle my energy or my energy asks you how you need to grow. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's always when I am in my happiest and most vibrant self. It is always when I'm having fun, when I'm giggling and when I'm like just in my element, that is when it happens. And someone says, oh, my God, I feel sorry for you being friends with her. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you not being. And that's been the shift. Right. I feel really sorry for you because you don't have people like me in your life. And that goes on a reflection of who
0: they are and who they see themselves as Mm -hmm. not. Like exactly what you're saying. It's not a reflection of you, it's a reflection of them. Yeah. And exactly. when you can recognize that, it's like this huge shift from Absolutely. going from almost like oh poor me to no, it's okay. Yeah, like sure. as poor long as I'm happy. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Um, yeah. And that's just it. And and that's all it's meant to be. But also so I used to find when people would say that to me that I felt like I had to prove myself and therefore mm. I would get louder. Whereas now I can notice these things, or if someone's like, oh Ash, you're a bit loud for me today, or you're a bit much for me today, I'm like, ah, sure. No problem. I'm gonna I can I can bring myself back down because yeah. I can understand that it's not a me thing. I no longer have to prove myself. I'm just we're not on the same vibra- vibration today or energetic level, right? Mm. And I can do that now because of all the unlearning that I have done. Yeah. Because it, none of it is a story anymore and it, it's just who I am. And all the stories of who I was as a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old are exactly this. This is who I was when I was that age and it's that that we actually I always hear people say I want to get back to like I want to get back to my body or I want to get back to who I was before I met this person or blah 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 and I think that's really toxic because we're not meant to get back we're meant to move forward we're meant to be a bigger expression than we've ever been before the only version of me that I want to get back to is the one that the second I was born had all the wisdom in the world Right. As a little kid, when I was like, there's photos of me as a kid where I would just run around naked and play air guitar or I would have a tennis racket to play the guitar and I would sing to Queen and Meatloaf and Guns N' Roses and (laughs) ACDC. I would make mud pies and we lived in Tenerife and I remember I would I was about three years old and I would make mud pies in between two rows of trees and like I would be covered in mud and I'd be like this is the best time ever. My mum would go, you're disgusting, just jump in the pool. And I would finish school. My mom would tell me that on the way up to the pool that I would just lose an item of clothing and then I would just dive in, right? And there would just be a strip of my clothes. And that's the only version of me I want to get back to. The one who was so free to fully express herself. I don't want to be the version of me from 10 years ago that was skinnier, having allergic reactions and being sick and ill just because I had a different body. You know? Yeah. Like the only mm. version I aspire to be is that pure, raw, authentic version of me just doing her thing with her sassy attitude. I love that.
0: That's um, brought up for me that all my photos from when I was younger is me just like wearing the most random outfits, not caring about what people think, like being silly, being me. Mm-hmm. And for so long, I wasn't that version of me. There was a point in my life and I, I can recognize when it was where I'm like, I can't do that. Like there's been too many people that have told me. I remember, oh, these are just like <laughs> memories that my oh, really? parents have told me over the years. And like, I'm putting the dots together. Mm-hmm. There was this pair of shorts that I absolutely loved when I was a child and they were ugly, so ugly. Like, but I didn't care at that age and um, my mom told me this story about how one day they tried to throw them out on me and she put them in the back of the boot. Like, I love it a bit. So there was all good intentions, but she put them in the boot and forgot that she'd put them there to get rid of them. And mm-hmm. one day she opened the boot while I was standing there and I found them. And I'd realized what she was doing with them. She was throwing them away. When I love them, I love those pair, that pair of shorts. <sighs> and I can now recognize it's like the intention was so good there. Yet for me, that was like, Oh, I can't show up in what I want to wear or I can't wear that because this person thinks that they're ugly or, you know, other people's opinions of the way that I was showing up was not okay. And
1: when I do a quantum leap with my clients, when we do like the visualization or the hypnosis or the tapping, and I like, we fast forward the timeline. One of the biggest questions I ask is what do you wear as your highest self? Mm. What do you wear? And I have visions of me on stage in like a bright orange suit, a bright pink short suit, like whatever, yeah. like really bright suits. Like I believe in our businesses we're meant to show up as like our Venus sign. It's how we receive money. And, and like yeah. your Lilith as well, like that sassiest divine feminine energy. And mine's in Capricorn and my Lilith is yeah. in Scorpio. So it's like a dark, like boss bitch vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. It's always way more colorful than than like I wear most days, or yeah. and so I'm like really called to step in. like, I, this is what I've been doing and buying different clothes. Like I'm going to a wedding and I brought a bright orange dress. Like I always wear orange anyway. I love orange, um, but it's like one of the questions is who would I dress? How would I dress if I was just the fullest expression of myself? Mm. Would I wear this today if I was just showing up in my true authentic self? Right go and find a pair of shorts like what that was that you loved and get them and wear them, right? Yes. And really reconnect with, like, the fashion you had then. Like, this is where the rollerblades came from, the, like, skating, because I used to do it then. Um, And it is about your fashion. Your attire is a huge part of reclaiming your identity, a massive part of reclaiming your identity. And I remember when I was like 14, I had these huge pink cord flares and I loved them, Mm. loved them. And I would love to have them again, right? And that was the last time that I remember really being okay to be me. Yeah, That's when I really know that I started to change. And I started to shift and I tried like the gothic look and the rocky look and the preppy look and all these different things and started experimenting with what I thought I should wear to fit into the different circles. And I had so many different f- circles of friends and I would dress differently based on who I was hanging out with mm. at that age as a teenager. So interesting that we did that. Is, it is really interesting that I was aware of that instead of just being me I was like well these dress a bit of this way and now like I still some days will have like a darker rockier vibe that I love and then other days I'm going to be so bright and preppy and colorful and it's nothing to do with the circles that I'm in but everything to do with the space I'm in. Yeah. The energy you mean. It's it's so okay if you want to wake up and be super gothic today because your energy is like, I'm in my darkness, I'm in my shadow, and this is a vibe. That's fine. Yeah, just embrace it. But as long as it's not based on anyone else.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I am I never thought I was such a visual person. Uh, and then I've had jobs over the, over the years where I've had uh, uniforms and I've had to wear the same thing every day. I just got in this habit of wearing the uniform and then chucking on mm-hmm. uh, active wear or, you know, being comfy and cozy and whatnot. And it wasn't until earlier in this year that I, I learned around, uh, learned about the energy and how what you're wearing actually can be a reflection of how you're feeling. And then if you're not feeling a certain way or you want to raise your vibration, then actually changing mm-hmm. the clothes that you're wearing, the colors that you're wearing and all that can have a massive impact on that. Absolutely. And I now on weekends, I used to wear like, dark colors or like beige kind of colors. And now it's like bright. It's like I'm wearing a bright yellow T-shirt right now. Yeah. Whereas if I'm at my job, I would be in navy blue and black pants. Like I mm-hmm. I like to shift out of that and step into something that raises my vibration, raises the way that I'm feeling. And the change has been incredible. The, real, yeah. uh, the ability to create and get into that feminine energy, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
1: It's a very it's a beautiful thing to unpack. Like I'm just going to go on a different like tangent here. Like there is so when you're in your healing as well, the temptation to wear black is really powerful. So if you look at um witches, mm-hmm. right? Old school witches, they did a lot of energy work and they wore a lot of black. Now, black isn't necessarily about um like that what what you're putting out they wore black because it's the color of protection oh right so when you wear black you create an extra layer of protection so i find it fascinating when you see people who are like all in black and they feel deeper they feel in their shadow or in their darkness it's i now choose it as a form of protection as opposed to a form of um like hiding away. Does that make sense? It does. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so it's I do find it interesting where I'm more tempted to wear black than when I'm not, right? Mm. And where black can keep us safe at times. I think black is often people's safe option for that reason. Like it's in our wisdom, it's in our nature to know that black is a protective color. And it's where we feel we need to wear black Right. It's where we feel we need an extra layer of protection.
0: That's interesting. Cause so I'm, I'm reflecting on the event we went to um, that like just recently yeah. and day one, I rocked up in my favorite skirt, this really nice top. Like I was really feeling the excitement and energy for the event. Um, mm-hmm. And then on day two, when I knew that there was going to come that transformation, that real stretch, I wore black. Mm-hmm. I, I wore so, black, and I wore something really comfortable and cozy, so that I felt safe.
1: Yeah, while yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um. So I wore black all weekend. Oh, I think no. You wore a pink like silk. Yeah, but I wore black underneath. Ah. So I wore black all weekend, but I had my pink satin. Interestingly yeah. enough, that satin shirt became an identity shift that day. I'll show that in a second. Mm. Um. But underneath, everything was black. And it and I I do that when I'm in crowds of people because the energy that I witness. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like it protects me and my energy to be able to do that, right? In that in that sense. kind of a situation. Because if I'm around other people's pain and fears and anxieties. But I'm trying to receive, I need to protect my energy so that I don't want to help someone else. I mean, I want to help people to the degree that everybody's helping people, but I don't want my energy to go. I can feel this and I can help transmute it. Right. Mm. I need that for myself. But on the pink shirt right? That pink shirt was an old identity and I was wearing it and I was like, oh my God, I loved it. And everyone was complimenting it. And I was like, yeah, but it does feel like my old self. Like I really wish it was in orange. Like the new me feels like it was orange. And then I moved out the toilet door and split it. And it just added a a cut right across, like a horizontal slice out the sleeve that was never going to be able to be repaired. Then by the time I got home, it had coffee on it It had stains on it. It had blue pen on the back of it. And I was like, right, well, this is going in the trash. Like this (laughs) this is obviously an identity shift. And I do believe, like, this is why I think, right, if you have an overflowing closet, like your closet is overflowing with clothes that you used to own and there's no organizational structure to it, clothes that you want to fit into, you can't see everything in your closet it doesn't feel like a vibe, you also will not be manifesting your higher self or your biggest life because you're yeah. holding on to all of that. I do believe we can keep clothes as memories to like box them away, put them away. But if you've got clothes in your wardrobe that you're like, oh, I'm going to fit into that soon or like I'll fit into that again. You haven't fit into it for the last two years. Like all you're doing is wishing you were this version of you and not this version of you. You know what mm. I mean? And so clothes tell you when it's time to get rid of them, right? And the clothes have energy as well, and it's like you're you're holding space for the new version of you to buy more clothes or bring in who you're truly meant to be and truly meant to express yourself by holding on to clothes that that version of you express themselves with, right? Yeah. So closet
0: clear out, shopping spree is what I heard.
1: Oh, love it! I did that this week. Oh, I've got the most amazing dress. <laughs> I can't wait to wear it. I walked into, honestly, H&M this week felt like my higher self vibe. Everything Ooh. I looked at, I was like, that's my higher self. That's my higher self. That's my higher self. And I got a bit carried away. Um, <laughs> but now I'm going to be culling clothes that aren't. Yeah. Like it's, it's an exchange. I can't just keep having clothes. It's like, well, mm. they're not right for this phase of my life. Time to go, yeah, 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 that's huge. Mm,
0: I love changing my wardrobe. Up.
1: I love change, yeah,
0: in general. Change is great, change change is embrace awesome.
1: the change, mm. absolutely. I've loved this conversation. It's gone
0: here, See, there,
1: gone, over there, round yeah. and round, oh, everywhere, and then it all does one big, beautiful loop, loop back. Always, oh, yeah. uh, I would like I have two <laughs> questions to finish this
0: off. Uh, what is your current purpose what do you feel like you're
1: here right now to do to be the fullest most authentic expression of myself and help others do the same mm. that is that is my current purpose I know I'm about to step into another purpose
0: oh exciting I
1: always know the next the next purpose like the universe always shows me the next one um and it is just an extra addition to this like I believe the next cycle of my life not Im- immediately but is going to be motherhood and that form of growth yeah. so that I can guide souls the souls that I'm meant to create into being their fullest expression of themselves yeah. and it's those souls that I think are just going to be changing the world right wow. Um, so So yeah that's what I meant to do is help other people just truly fully remember who the fuck they are Mm. yeah there's
0: a lot lot in that I love that yeah go back to your 18 year old self what would you tell them if I could go back to my 18 year old (laughs) self yes or
1: a younger version of you whenever you might have needed this advice I think 18 is a really good age because that's when my biggest insecurities were really brewing of whether I was good enough or not. Mm-hmm. And who I became after that was based on the fact that I didn't feel good enough in who I am. Um, Maybe, maybe it would be 14 because that's where it changed. I can see the moment it changed. And mm-hmm. I remember, and I'd been we broke out of school for lunch my friend lived down the road we went and had lunch at her house and walking back up to school we were about to do some mock exams I got a phone call off my dad my real dad and he went I'm sorry I can't come and pick you up I've been done for drunk driving because he lived an hour away and he promised me he wasn't drinking anymore and I was meant to go that weekend. And I just, that that was the turning point for me that really cemented in. And there were many things that happened at this time that cemented in that I wasn't enough. And it all centered around my dad.
0: Yeah.
1: And my whole life has been, my my whole childhood was that, but this was the moment. And I would go back to to that version of me. And before I pick up the phone, before I pick up the phone, I would I would say, I would tell her that this phone call doesn't have to change who I am. This phone call doesn't have to develop a story of not being good enough. That mm-hmm. someone else's decisions for themselves reflect them and in no way reflect me and my worth. I based yeah. my worth for a very long time on the actions other people showed up in, in my life, the actions, parents, both parents and step-parent and siblings and grandparents. I based my worth on how other people showed up for themselves and how I was the collateral damage of that, what that created for me. Right. And I would go back to that moment, excuse me, (sighs) powerful. I would go back to that moment and I would tell that version of me that, as soon as you pick up this phone call it it doesn't affect my worth yeah it doesn't change who i am and it doesn't affect my worth but it, it i let it mm. and i remember exactly who i became after that it changed my schooling it changed my attitude it changed how i believed in myself it changed how i let myself be treated by guys by everyone it that that phone call and it's funny because I don't think I'd ever pinpointed it in the way that I'm verbalizing it right now that's the moment I would go Mm. back to because that created the 18 year old version of me that was partying and going wild and it created all of that that downward spiral Mm. yeah
0: wow yeah a lot in that there is a lot in that there is so much in it (laughs) i had a very beautiful life but it's been a deep life yeah yeah I think a lot of people downplay their journey a lot of people go oh yeah I've had a good life and then um, when you really unpack what you have been through and how you made this mean this and this experience mean this and this event meant that you like this meant for you and whatever it is there's so much more to life than what we we played as Mm -hmm. so this conversation has been very eye opening to be able to hear and listen your journey listen through your journey and also yeah. reflect on how that was also my journey in my way and yeah the people listening can list uh, can listen and hear that their journey could potentially be very similar and take what they get
1: to take from this yeah, episode so absolutely it's been amazing and we've just scratched the surface on my journey. Like we, have, yeah. we haven't even talked about <laughs> any, like literally any of my big trauma. No. We've only talked about the small things that changed who I was, mm-hmm. right? The big things, maybe the big things when I was young, the big things changed me. But as I've gotten older, the big things that happened in my life changed me back interestingly yeah. as you're saying this like the crash reminded me that I had to heal my masculine and oh, wow. the allergies reminded me that I wasn't living in my purpose right mm. and still to this day if I have an allergic reaction I know it is because I'm I believe a lot of my allergies are to ground me because I don't have yeah. a problem being a spiritual being I have a problem being a human I <laughs> like that. fitting in here Um, And I have an allergic reaction when I'm like too far gone or too in my own brain or too too overwhelmed, right? I'll have a reaction because then my body will slow down, right? Yeah. But my big trauma as a kid, like really cemented in and then it was the little things that really made it what it was that provided the evidence that of the belief system or the story that I created. But as I've gotten older, the big traumas that have happened have unpacked me. Right, have made me see what I was refusing to see that I needed to heal to let go of. And so every time something big happens, I'm like, whoa, what do we learn? What, what is this teaching me? I remember mm. when I came off that scooter head first and I had the head injury and I was flying, I was I had to get wheelchaired through the airport and fly back to the UK. I remember lying there, barely being able to move, not having anyone there to look after me and lying there going... But what does this mean? And I was like, it was so much pain. I was like, it's on the right side of my body. And I could identify that every single injury that I have had since around the age of about 19, probably earlier, were all on the right side of my body. Mm. I have so many scars on this side of my body, not a one on the left. That's not so one. interesting. But they're all on the right side, and it was all about the pain I was holding with the masculine. Like I have a hematoma, I have even my scar in here. Like it stops right. This you can see a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I, or like a hematoma on my cheek. I've got a th- third degree burn on my leg. I am even like little scars, little wounds. It was always the right side of my body, always. And it was the masculine. And I barely yeah. get injured anymore. But if I do, it's normally this side. And if it's the right side, I'm like, how am I not in my feminine? Right? Yeah. I, if you if you stub your toe, which side of the foot is it on? Like, which side of your body is it on? Mm. Right? I recently was obsessing over TikTok and trying to force that. I had no driving. I'm like, no creativity in me and i was trying to record the tiktok ironically and was like um it's important to rest it's important to rest but as i was recording i got up and i was like yes it's important to rest and i could see myself doing other things while i knew i was supposed to be resting and i turned around and i smacked the door frame with my toe and broke my toe right oh shit <laughs> my whole toe went purple the bruise went right down my foot and I went, I've got to rest. So I laid there and I just sat there and I rested and I dived in to what that meant, mm. what it meant for me, what what that toe meant. I'm all, this is a whole different podcast we need to go into. <laughs> but I dived into it all and woke up the next day and it was gone. Oh, wow. The bruising, like the black bruising, like it. my whole toe was black and purple it was all down my foot and it is like it just this energy had just gone because I'd healed it within two days and I was like what on earth the pain was still like there when I was walking in my shoes and things like that but the big trauma of it had just so so to
0: me that I'm not surprised by that at all however it's very it still blows me away Like I get it, and I can make sense of why that happened, and yeah, it's
1: like how (laughs) everything still blows me away. Mm. Right? I think that's part of my energy. Like I'm so mesmerized by the way the universe and energy works; it still mesmerizes and blows me away. Every little thing, the synchronicities, the people that I meet, the lessons that I learn, the path that I go on, I'm still every single day finding something that makes me go wow shit this world is so much bigger than this little version of me right oh yeah okay and I say little version of me because a big part of my judgment has been around like the weight that I've put on because of my allergies right yeah and the way that my body has changed haven't lost weight in two years I put a lot of weight on in a short period of time while I was healing my allergies haven't been able to lose that weight since still go to the gym still work out still move my body every single day and learning that this actually is just a little body in the grand scheme of the whole universe mm-hmm. it's just this this society that I exist in that apparently it's not acceptable right I'm like what is yes, well, it's huge. acceptable for me and the universe so right yeah, wow yeah wow it is it's just what it is I'm the healthy I'm this is a big part of like my my journey for me a big part has been my body I am the healthiest version of me I can do more exercise than I've ever been able to do in my entire life I'm not having like allergic reactions 24 7 I can eat food without having to shoot off to the bathroom I am not in pain all the time my muscles aren't aching every single day my bones don't feel like glass anymore I don't have any like eczema anymore like ever um my hands were my hands and my chest were covered in open blisters for the whole of 2017 couldn't bend my fingers like this right but I'm also the chunkiest version of me right Mm. I have a bigger chin than I had two years ago. I have bigger arms than I had two years ago and I've definitely got a bigger belly. However, I also have my cycles back for the first time Mm. in my life, every single month, perfectly. I'm also ovulating for the first time in my life, every single month, perfectly. My body is functioning at its highest, but I'm bigger than I ever was before. And this goes back to accepting who I'm meant to be. I was born as 10 pound I was told I was going to be need an incubator because I was underweight my mom was told that I was meant to be underweight and I came out as a 10 pound <laughs> baby and this heavy weight yeah and I was like if I'm trying to get back to the highest version of me that's who I was right yeah. I was bigger I was chunkier but I was also like vibrant and whatever But my mom last year in Portugal said to me, I saw a picture of you the other day and you were so skinny. And I was like, yeah, mom. And I also wanted to drive my car off a bridge. Yeah. I was so unhappy. I was so anxious. I was so sad. I was in so much pain. The only times in my life where I've ever been able to maintain a skinny energy was when I was depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And instead, of take away it's, from that yeah, it's, it's instead, it's like, how healthy are you? How healthy are you for you mm. outside of the societal rules and regulations? How healthy are you? How does your body move? How do you feel every single day? And there are sure, sh- there are always changes I want to make. I've recently started working with a naturopath and I didn't know that I have uh, about 20 grams of protein every day for my whole life instead of the bare minimum of what I'm supposed to have. Never knew that that was a thing because I wasn't educated in that way. Yeah. So now I'm training myself to have protein in hopes that that rebalances parts of my body, right? In healthy ways. Mm -hmm. And it is just learning and discovering how your body works, how you have learned and trained your body to be, the stress that your body might be under and completely ignore how everybody else looks. Yeah. Just focus on that. That's a complete random mic drop moment that I felt like just someone needed to hear that might be someone listening to this. It. Yeah. It's a very long podcast. I feel like they've been I here know. for our end. We've got an entire <laughs> audio book on this one. I was just thinking that. It's like this, but it's all perfect.
0: It's always yeah, all perfect. It's, it's definitely perfect. the longest episode that I've recorded. And that doesn't surprise so, me. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> I um, <laughs> No, it's always great. I I have gotten so much from this and I know that if I have gotten so much from it, that everyone listening is going to have so many things to write down, so many downloads, so many ways to move forward and um, improve what's needed for them right now. So thank you. And I appreciate You're so you
1: welcome I've had a ball I've got so much out of it too I've had a few mic drop moments myself where I'm like oh that makes so much sense um but I love it thank you so much for having me and I do hope you know that something just lands take yeah. whatever lands not everything ever has to resonate
0: most mm-hmm. of the
1: time the biggest moments are just from that one line that we heard yeah. that changed us
0: could be in the first minute, it
1: could be the last thing that we just said, but normally there's just one thing that makes you, that changes you, Mm. that reminds you. That's what it is. It's just making you remember. So I hope something in this episode helps whoever is listening to remember something about who they truly are. That's
0: huge. Well, thank you. Finally, I would like to let everyone know where they can reach you how they can stay in contact, how they can maybe become part of your bubble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's
0: the best place of contact?
1: Oh, yes. Come into my energy the best place mm. to be um i'm an instagram and a tiktok girl so i am ashley lazan is my name you'll be able to get that spell and i assume you'll post the links yeah um, i that. won't spell it out I here <laughs> um but everything is on i am ashley lazan i'm rebuilding my website right now but tiktok and instagram both very different well slightly different vibes so get on both and come into my energy make sure you say hello this is one of the biggest things that I see is people come into my energy and they just kind of follow and sit there. The people that get the most impact are the people that connect with me and I can become aware of because we have yeah. these conversations and then I'll create content on it and riff on it. And my social media is one big riff. So make sure that you're known in my energy and I can riff with you and enjoy having you there, you know, welcome you in. Uh, but yeah, Instagram and TikTok, that's where you'll find me hanging out all the time. Awesome. I love
0: that. Well, thank you again. Is there anything that you'd like to finish this
1: episode off with or if you're shared everything? If you do one thing from leaving here and make one commitment to yourself, it's the commitment to remembering who you truly are. Mm. That's it. Everything else is whatever, right? Dedicate your next phase of your life to remembering who you are. Because if you dedicate the next 12 months just to remembering your soul and diving deeper into you, into yourself, the life you're gonna manifest on the other side of that is insane. And you can't even dream big enough to imagine that right now. And the secret to it, the path to getting that life you want is to remember who the fuck you are.
0: Mm.
1: that's it that's the secret right so it's if you changing. take anything away from this it's start unlearning anything that has made you forget
0: wow mic drop
1: i know i love that <laughs> what a beautiful that's way amazing. to end thank you so much um, You're so welcome thank you for having me it's been course. a pleasure it's been one of my favorite conversations i've ever had
0: I just want to say a huge thank you to Ashley for jumping on and sharing so much with all of us. She's got so much to share, so much to give, and she's just an absolute beam of light. So, so grateful for her. And I'm grateful for all of you who have been on this journey with me and continue to be on this journey. And just take the time out of your day to listen to these episodes and learn and educate yourself and grow as humans By doing that, it's the greatest gift that you can give to me in supporting yourself. So thank you. Thank you all. And until next time, as usual, stay present, get curious, and go make someone smile today. Bye.